Okay, hi everyone. So, I recently reread an essay by the Roman philosopher Seneca called On the Shortness of Life. And it's pretty interesting. It strikes me as something that everyone should read, that it's applicable to all of us just by virtue of, well, living in time. So, here are some brief thoughts then on the wisdom of what we might call living wide. Okay, so we tend to measure the length of our lives in terms of quantity, right? I mean, we want to live many, many years. But what Seneca says is that the length of our lives is not measured in years only. We don't live by the clock alone. In other words, it's possible to have lived to be a hundred years old and to have lived a short life. So we shouldn't think that someone has lived long because they have white hair and wrinkles. No. Again, it's possible to have existed for a long time but not lived very long. Now, why is this? Well, because as Seneca says, it may be that small is the part of life we really live, and that all that remains of our existence is not actually life, but simply clock time. So the key for Seneca is to take stock of this brief spell of existence that we're graced with and try to stretch out our life sideways to learn to live, well, wide rather than long. For him... This is what it means to live more fully. Now, how do we do this? Well, Seneca offers up a lot of advice here. So, one thing he urges us to take notice of is the importance of our past. And that's because our past can play a really important role in either shortening or lengthening our life. Well, how is this? Well, the one thing about our past is that it can't be changed, right? It's fixed or frozen forever. The things of our past are insusceptible to fortune. They're protected from change. In the past, nothing is lost. Everything is um, stored. So because it's all stored there, the past is there for us and in our power to visit if we want. But notice this, though, that if we don't want to go back to our past because we don't want to face the kind of person we were and the sorts of things we did, then we've, in effect, shortened our lives, haven't we? That's to say, the fear of remembering ourselves, having been someone we're not proud of, cuts us off from revisiting our past and therefore shrinks our life. Now look what we've done. We've taken the only part of our life that is not susceptible to change or destruction, something we could have counted on more than anything else to be there for us and to move around in, and we find ourselves unable to face it, access it, and use it as extra room space in our life. Now, we might think that something similar holds for the future as well. I mean, if we've let ourselves down in the past, can we expect things to be any different later? 
And if we can't depend on ourselves to be the kind of person we'd like to be later, then, well, we'll be hesitant to look into our future, no? And if so, notice how our life has contracted even more. So, where do we find ourselves at the end of the day? Well, regretful of the past and unhopeful for a future we'd like, and so unwilling to direct our thoughts in either of these directions, we find that all we have left is to live in the present. A very short time, indeed. Now, of course, it seems to be in our power to change some of this, and so to live a fuller life, no? As Seneca says, life is long if you know how to use it. So, why not try this? If the past is imperishable, why not begin now to make it a monument of our existence, the sort of monument that we're eager to return to and spend time in? And similarly, why not start to become the sort of person we can count on in the future, so that we can contemplate the future in hopeful anticipation of what's to come. You know, another really interesting thing Seneca talks about is the importance of both, well, historical and philosophical reading. I mean, when we read and educate ourselves about historical periods, we kind of enter into their worlds, no? I mean, we can live through the the liberation of Paris in 1944, or participate in the California gold rush in 1848. In other words, by reading, we're no longer just confined to our own small narrative, but we get to wander through this great tract of time. Now, what better way to be an adventurer and to widen our life, to expand it sideways? And, Philosophy, too, can prove important. I mean, think about all those past sacred thoughts out there. And so how great it would be to requisition some of them for ourselves. And in this way, what better way to add to our fleeting span of life than to devote ourselves to these, well, eternal ideas? Again, by doing so, We expand or pass beyond the narrow confines of our own thoughts and our own life, however limited in time that life might be. But at the end of the day, you know, for Seneca, the most important thing is to not take time for granted. After all, it's this, not money, that's our most precious resource. You don't want to be that traveler that gets so caught up in conversation that you find that you've arrived at your destination before you knew you were approaching it. Well, so it is with the journey of life. You don't want to become aware of it only when it's over. (laughs) 